Welcome to Politics Politics with PJ and Mama, your weekly source for all things politics brought to you straight from the heartland, or as we like to call it, redneck country. You may have noticed that PJ and I come from different generations. He thinks I came from the Civil War. I think he came from all things no sense. And what we hope to do with this podcast is take some time to talk about the latest things going on, whether it be with our president, with our Congress, with our courts, and with the upcoming presidential election. We want to start a conversation. We believe that it's important for all generations and all people from all walks of life to talk to each other to get to know each other, to get to know why we feel the way we do about certain things. We hope you'll have fun, you'll learn something, and at the end of the day, you'll come back to Politics Politics with PJ and Mama. Hello, PJ. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Really? What are you up to tonight? Well, tonight I was tuning my ukulele because I've had it for a long time, but I've never known how to play it, and I really wanted to play it. And and just out of curiosity, even though I know that I am the said Santa Claus supplier of aforementioned ukulele, um, exactly why did you in particular want to learn how to play a ukulele? I don't know. Like I remember, like, I think it was in, like, third grade. Like, I was in music class, and, like, we, we like, played a ukulele in it, and I was, like, so happy. I just, like, loved him. So I was, like, I just begged and begged, and I was, like, I really want a ukulele, and I got one. Ah, okay. So you're learning how to play the ukulele. What else you been up to? Well, I've been watching TV. Really? Well, what are you watching now? Because, you know, in total teenager fashion, you declared to me about five days ago that you were bored of all your shows. <sighs> <laughs> right now I'm watching the regular show. So is that like the name of the show or am I supposed to know what the regular show is? <laughs> it's like the name of the show. It's like a cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, because lately you've been going through your childhood again. <laughs> I mean, there's like one morning I'm like sitting down here or afternoon and all of a sudden I hear, hey, Jesse. <laughs> da 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 And I was like, Really? That dude is up there listening to Jesse. Next thing I know, he's going to be watching Wizardly, Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> I do like this. And I did watch it when we had Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I know. Everybody, I just want to let you know that I have betrayed my family. And do you want to know why I betrayed my family, PJ? Because I took off Disney+, Plus off of our Roku... And funny, nobody was watching Disney Plus very much. I know because I could monitor it from online and hardly no one was watching it. But say you're going to take it off and suddenly it's like, I really like that channel. (laughs) There's so much on it, you know. I just, I was going to watch that. Man, the Mandalorian's going to be on in like six months. What am I going to do then, you know. (laughs) So I'm like, look gang. You know, I don't know about anybody else. I love streaming services. I love Hulu. I love Netflix. You know, we have plenty of them. But I am sure to all the adult and bill payers out there that we have learned that they can $5 us to death. You know, (laughs) subscribe to this. It's only $5. You know, (laughs) we'll get we'll give you a week free and then you can pay it five bucks every month after that you know so I try to like rotate in and out what we're subscribing to and I pay attention to what we're doing and and by the way even though everybody is act like I was just so terrible for getting rid of Disney plus you know what do you know what channel is not on the Roku right now the Hallmark channel You know why? Because I hold myself to the same standard that I hold all of you. If I'm not watching it for a while, then I can pay that, you know, seven bucks when I am going to watch it. So, as it would happen. Hmm. Anything else fun going on? Um, I'm going fishing this week. That's right. Your dad and you are going to go fishing. And, hey, hey, just, hey, Leia the dog. 
don't know where she's at. We need to say this to you. If by chance your father or your brother catch a really big old fish, please don't eat it. Because just the other day, okay, so we have this, you know, big dog. She's kind of like, I call her the gentle giant because she's she's really a sweet dog, but she's kind of stupid. And she, um, for a while, has had a very complicated relationship with my husband. Because as it would happen, she never seemed to chew anybody else's stuff up, you know, or at least not to the degree but she seemed to have an obsession with his stuff, which is important because he was not happy that I got her in the first place because, to be honest, it was an emotional um, addition to our family, you know. It was the date of my anniversary of my mother's death, and I was feeling really down, and I started what, looking at puppy pictures to make me feel better, and the next thing I know, I see a little ad for some puppies that are available in in the town we live in, and the next thing I know, we're in a car, and we're driving, and the next thing I know, we're driving home with one of the puppies, and as has happened more than one time in my husband's life, the text began with this, babe, First of all, I just want to let you know that I love you so much. And one of the things I really love about you is that you're incredibly supportive. And that's why I know you're not going to be terribly upset when you come home and you see that I've got a puppy. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so he didn't really like her from the beginning because he didn't want her and he was kind of mad at me about getting this dog. And then she starts eating all his stuff. And then for a while, she was like a little crazy every time she came inside. She acted like a maniac. Yeah. And so he just really didn't like her. And then, you know, there's the fish. My husband caught this fish. And if you are, I, you know, there are people who fish everywhere, but if you're really into fishing, you know, your biggest fish you ever caught is usually stuffed in on a wall. <laughs> so he had this fish. It was, you know, forever on the wall, and then we moved. And then we just didn't get it hung up in our new place. And lo and behold, she's in our room one day, and he comes home to find that she's eaten off the face <laughs> of the fish. I literally thought he was going to kill her that day. <laughs> You know, but they've kind of made friends. But here's my whole point. So we were discussing the fact that you guys were going on this fishing trip or going fishing for the day this weekend. And then he goes, well, you know, it was this time of the year that I caught, you know, the fish that was actually a little bigger than the fish. And then suddenly you could just see his brain start thinking through the fact that Leia had <laughs> eaten the fish. And he, and he just stared at it and he goes, just get her out of the room. I mean, she ate that fish like a year and a half ago, and he just was like, I don't even want to see her, you know? And then, you know, I was like, don't be that way, you know? She's a dog. What is she supposed to do? And he goes, well, you know, I'm, we just can't talk about it. We just can't talk about it because we're in a good place. You know, it was like, you know, suddenly she was like some, some you know, co-worker he's not getting along yeah. with. He's like, we're in a good place now, and we just don't want to get, you know, back to, to bad memories. All right, so you're going fishing. Hmm. Let's see me. I am on day 80 of my street well this would be day 81 of my duolingo streak to learn italian and currently i am working on days of the week um months of the year uh time and all kinds of stuff so i'm, I'm learning some pretty good stuff um and i'm enjoying that and let's see i'm reading a lot you know, because I'm trying to avoid television a little bit because of all the election stuff, which is kind of funny since that's what we're talking about. But um, overall, I think that, you know, I've just been situated at home and not doing much other than, you know, hounding my kids to not kill each other during homeschool. I don't know who I'm talking about, PJ. <laughs> More about that later. So anyways, that's what we got going on this week. It's now, now time, time for Curiosity Killed the, the cat. cat. All right, PJ, what three things are you interested about this week? My first one would have to be the debate. Really? Did you watch the debate? Okay, I only watched the beginning of the debate. So your first thing is the beginning of the debate. All yeah. right, so of the beginning of the debate, what were your immediate observations? Well, like, um... Like, like, um, like, 
the um moderator Chris Wallace, yeah. Yeah. Like he um he was like getting interrupted a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was. That well they all were getting interrupted a lot. I mean, the fact is, let me just tell you that the debate literally I mean, it's like crazy. Like the debate reminded me of you and your sisters, like when you're like waiting in the driveway to come running to the car and all of a sudden you're like, um, you know, kid one is like, um, by the way, you know, and kid two, uh, no, 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 stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid. And I'm like the moderator going, guy, guy, but no, no, no. That's exactly how it was. Like, completely to the point. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody can say anybody won, but the losers of the debate were all of us who watched it. That's 90 minutes of my life I will never get back. Yeah. All right, what's, what, what's the other thing? The second one would be the coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. You've been talking about the coronavirus since March. Why? Why are you interested? I feel like I've been waiting it for it to be over. It's, like, never ended. It's, like... We've, like, had stuff open and closed, open and closed. I know. Apparently, we're going to have the corona century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It is. It is like, it's like everybody, you know, we're, we're still under a mask ordinance. I know you are getting really irritated about the masks. Yeah, like, people always, like, go into stores and stuff, and they don't cover their nose. Like, that does nothing. A- exactly. You know, and the thing is, is that I know people hate the mask ordinance, and it's annoying sometimes, you know. You know, sometimes it's like you want to go, <gasps> yes, I'm fine, you know, or all of us poor people who wear glasses, it's like we're blind and don't want to, you know, walk into anything yeah. because our glasses are so fogged up. But the fact is, is that there's no point in having a mask ordinance if people aren't going to either A, wear their masks or B, wear their masks correctly. Like, you remember when we went to IHOP? And the guy was wearing the mask like it was Santa Claus wig. I mean, it was like right down at his chin. And I really wasn't giving him a mask look, but he thought I was giving him a mask look. And so he gave me the look like, yeah, just see what happens if you say something. And I was just irritated because, again, my wearing a mask does not help me. My wearing a mask helps you. And your wearing a mask helps me. So if I wear a mask but you don't, then I am not saved from the coronavirus. And I am so sick of people being like, I'm just fine. And if you want to wear a mask, you go right ahead. You know, but you know, you do what you have to do for you. Actually, I can't do what I need to do for me because you won't wear your stinking mask, you know? And it's just like, but you know what? I will have to say this because I know that my generation spends a lot of time griping about how stupid your generation is, (laughs) you know? But I was driving by the, the university, local university in our town the other day on the way home from the doctor. And I will tell you on that college campus... Every single person was wearing their mask correctly. I was like, great. The little kids have got it down. Why can't we, you know? <laughs> and, and, and again, you know, it's like we, nev- we never seem to get anywhere, you know? I'm, I don't know about everybody else. I, if, if wearing a mask means that I can go to the movies and they start releasing movies, yeah. I feel like it's pretty great. Or go to the bowling alley or go places fun or just not be stuck at home. I mean, I'm kind of a homebody, but still, I still like to go places here and there. Yeah. And I, and I hate to feel like we have to hazmat suit up to get there, you know? <laughs> uh, what else are you interested in? Last one would be the Black Lives Matter. And why do they matter to you? Well, he's in, like, I feel like every week there's been, like, a new thing that's happened where, like, some African-American person has been killed. Right, right. And what do you think about all that? Well, like, I think that, like, they always blame the police, but I think sometimes it's not the police's fault, but sometimes, like, the one with, like, George Floyd, that was, like, murder and everything. But not all of them are like that. That's true. I mean, I think there are, you know, instances where 
I think right now I would say this. I think there have been enough cases where there was negligence on the behalf of the police and there was, you know, an, an unnecessary death that I think that right now any time there's any type of altercation between the police and a person of color that their natural assumption was that it shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, like the Breonna Taylor case, you know, quick rundown, you know, they got a what they call a no-knock warrant, which means that they, you know, don't have to um, knock. They just have to announce themselves, use a ram to get in the door. And they were investigating, trying to find her ex-boyfriend on a drug charge. They, they knock. There's some debate about whether they announce themselves. They use the ram to get in. Her current boyfriend shot one of them in the leg. They started shooting, and Breonna Taylor was killed. And, you know, the grand jury came back this past week, you know, not indicting the officers. So they're, they're very angry. And, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an unspeakable tragedy. I think what it shows is how systemic racism works. And, you know, do you know what systemic racism is? No. Okay. Well, it just basically says that our systems of government, whether it's education or the justice system or the prison system or counties or cities or the federal government, that even though we now have laws preventing discrimination and prejudice, we don't have, um, our systems haven't been changed since either before slavery or during the Jim Crow era during the South before the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Mm -hmm. So therefore, because the systems never changed, then there's just still racist tendencies there. And I think the Breonna Taylor case is a really good example of that. You know, there's a warrant. You know, really, should you be getting that serious of a warrant for a drug charge? Mm, me, I'd say no. But, you know, there's things that could have happened that if they did not have a system the way it was, that probably, you know, either this incident might not have happened at all, or if it did happen, then they would really seriously be able to look at whether those officers were negligent. I think it's difficult because I think the laws that existed on the day the incident happened, I think it was legal. It, it, does, it doesn't feel legal. It doesn't feel okay. But I think it was legal. Uh, let's see. What's going on with me? Well, I would say, you know, I'm personally interested in, and I've gotten real interested in, in reading about all the voting procedures. Because, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people say Trump has sown a lot of fear about voting by mail and stuff like that. And there are many states that do absentee ballots, and there are many states that do voting by mail. My concern is we've never had this amount of people voting by mail before. Mm. And what America has shown, and I think the coronavirus is a great example, is that things we've never dealt with before, we don't usually handle very well. Yeah. You know, so I'm just worried about mass amounts of riots and protests and people claiming a voter fraud and their votes weren't counted when, you know, we may not have had a system that's set up and ready to go to handle that amount. But, you know, who see who knows? I, I, I will get in a hazmat. I will crawl in snow. I will do whatever it takes to get there. And I will put my own ballot in the machine and hear that it ding that it counted the vote, you know. So that's what I'm going to do. I, and maybe you can call me paranoid or a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not. I just, knowing that my vote was counted is important to me. Um, second thing I would definitely say is, um, you know, the, it's getting down to the home stretch of the election, and I don't know who I'm voting for. I really don't. You know, I'm not voting for Trump. I've been very clear about that. And, and there's nothing that he has done or said that has made me go, you know what? He's basically a good guy. Everything he does, I'm like, what an idiot, you know? Yeah. And and it's not as some of his policies. I don't disagree with some of them. You know, like this week, the, the news out of the Trump, you know, about Trump, of course, is that they somehow finally got a copy of his tax returns. And they discovered that, like, in 2016 and 2017, he paid $750 one year and $750 next year. Now, let me just tell you, he's a billionaire. I think you're quite aware that your father and I are not billionaires. And we paid about $10,000 in taxes. Wow. So, so, so the fact is, is that, you know, he, he showed 
I, I would argue that he shows what's wrong with our tax system and that there's a lot of billionaires who do the same as him. Some are good, you know, some of them go ahead and pay their taxes and some of them do what he did, which is use the tax system to not have to pay any. So I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, but guess who is on the ballot in Oklahoma? Who? Kanye West. Kim Kardashian's husband. Wait, so what does that mean? He's running for president? Yes, he is running for president. <laughs> yes, he is, and he's on the ballot. I don't know. I, I read the ballot because, you know, I, I'm not settled on Biden either. You know, there's some, you know, health care is a big issue to me. You know this because I have a chronic illness, and insurance is really important to me, and um, I do not like the current Obamacare plan, and I don't really hear anything coming from either candidate that really inspires me on that. So I haven't yet committed to vote for Biden. But I have been starting to look at the other third-party candidates that are available, which, by the way, if I get any hate mail telling me how I'm a traitor for voting third-party, that's your problem, <laughs> you know, because I hate that. I really do not like that people say you cannot vote third-party. I'm going to tell you right now, if I choose to vote th third-party because my where I'm at does not allow me to vote for either Trump or Biden, then that's my right, and I sh that should be celebrated and not condemned. But let's see, the third thing is, is the replacement for RBG, ACB. Now, see, that causes R RGB people to go nuts because the lady's name is Amy Coney Barrett. So people have gone, she's ACB. And, you know, the thing about it is, is that the RBG people are going crazy. You can't do that. You know, I, I when... Actually, the notorious that comes from a statement saying the notorious RBG, which comes from a rapper whose name was the notorious BIG, you know, and so it's gonna be a, a dog fight, you know, and it'll be interesting to see whether she gets confirmed. I mean, the Republicans have the votes, it's just gonna be there's about four of them that are in really tough um, re election yeah. fights, and so I don't know whether they're gonna be able to hold firm. But I think the fact is, is that whether you like her or not, I think that we need to try to do this process respectfully, you know? And I, I, I don't like the people that try to attack her for things that have nothing to do with what type of justice she, be, she will be. I mean, I think if you're a liberal and you don't like her, you know, it's gonna come down to you how she might rule on Roe v. Wade. They keep talking about how she might rule on Obamacare. And I understand all that. Let's stick to that. You know, like I, I was telling you that, you know, somebody the other day, because she's adopted two children from Haiti, said, you know, we need to investigate her rehomed children you know, to see if they're actually really like slaves for her. That's just, that's offensive. It's awful. It's insulting to her. Frankly, it's insulting to her children. Yeah. And I don't understand why that's okay. But then when you try to say to somebody, come on guys, let's not do that. They just go ape crazy because what I've learned is, is that as long as they don't agree with the person that they're insulting, it's okay to say whatever. There's no decency. And then when you say to them, but we're better than that, then I usually get the, well, I think Trump sets the tone for that speech. You know? And he does. I mean, he, 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 he's as bad as all of them. But at the same time, we are all adults, or some of us are, and we should act accordingly and be respectful. You don't have to talk to somebody, but come on. Let's treat each other with respect. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if he manages to get that nomination before the election. Mm -hmm. And that's all we've got going on. Okay, so tonight, you know, I decided that we would talk about um, something that's really important in our society that seems to really be having an effect, and that's the role of media. It's definitely a big thing in this election. It's been the big thing definitely since the election of President Trump. And it's kind of an interesting thing, you know, when I was a kid, you know, there was only four networks on television, NBC, ABC, CBS, with a little fox sprinkled in. And the reality was you had three news anchors, Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Dan Rather, and they were just newsmen. You, you never, I, I don't ever recall anybody suggesting that any one of them were not 
reporting the news. For most people, and even the older generation, you have the famous journalist Walter Cronkite. You know, they just reported stuff. They didn't tell you what to think about it. They just told you what was going on. And I think there's a huge debate, and President Trump really has led the the cause on this debate about really our news media doing that. And and to be honest, you know, even liberals make some of the same kind of claims that there's bias in the media with Fox News. You know, they they believe that there's only fake news coming out of Fox News. And, and you know, I think conservatives in turn believe that there's only fake news um, coming out of liberal media outlets. And and when you hear the term fake news, what do you think of? When I hear the term fake news, I imagine, like, news companies, like, basically, like, base, like, making something that was, like, a fact and basing it, based, like, basing it, like, um, as an opinion. Well, and the thing about it is, is that, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the issue, is that it's not all, like, made-up stuff, although there are some things that are completely made-up stuff, you know. um, I've seen this happen several times. I'm somebody, I don't like the term fake news, but I believe, you know, in, in the age of social media, there's a lot of fake stories that are out there. And I, I try to just gently tell people when they've posted something that's completely false. You know, I'm going to tell you that what I have found is that those people don't care. If it's a lie that supports their opinion, they're fine. You know, that shocks me, but okay. But, you know, the thing about fake news is, is that sometimes the stories have some truth to it, but they often leave out important facts that are important, you know. For instance, you know, one of the ones that's really prevalent in this past week is, of course, President Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And there is this narrative out there. She is a devout Catholic, and she's a part of this group within the Catholic Church called the People of Praise. And basically, the People of Praise is like a Pentecostal version of Catholic. Okay, they believe in speaking in tongues and gifts of the Spirit and things that, you know, Pentecostal churches and Assemblies of God and different people of the charismatic movement believe in. And they have certain beliefs about, you know, the roles of men and women, which is, you know, there are a lot of denominations who have those ideas. But someone decided to say that Amy Coney Barrett belongs to the people that Margaret Atwork Margaret Atwood, who's a novelist, wrote the book The Handmaid's Tale about, that it's her brand of Catholicism that is the basis for their story. And of course, in The Handmaid's Tale, you know, they have this extreme religious sect that have taken all the women, taken all their rights away, forcing them to have sex with men and make babies. And then when they're no longer useful, they either send them, you know, to like work in these horrible places or they kill them, you know. And so, you know, there's this all over the the internet and all over the news this suggestion and that she belongs to this handmaid's tale group that's just not the case yeah. margaret atward has said she did not base that on people of praise now i bet she doesn't like amy coney barrett but she didn't base that on that yeah. and newsweek which is supposedly a reputable magazine they published the story Basically saying that Margaret Atwood, you know, based her story based on the people of praise. And then about three or four days later, they put a one sentence correction saying, oh, by the way, they didn't. Well, damage is done. Everywhere and everybody is like, you know, quoting the handmaid's tale. That's not okay because that's intended to get people to not like her and not evaluate her fairly. Yeah. You know, and that's. That's just completely unfair. And you see that over and over and over and over again. You know, you see it in how they view even the debates the other night. Yeah. I can assure you, I watched the I, I watched the final 30 minutes of coverage of each channel, major channel of the debates, because I wanted to see the panel. And I promise you, you know, there was no objectivity whatsoever. You know, like one lady, she's like... I'm not going to mince words. That was a shit show. 
You know, I'm sorry if somebody's offended. And it's like, but your job is to report, you know, fair and balanced information, you know. And what you didn't do is, it's been very clear for the past four years that there is a large portion of the media that believes, I'll give them that they believe that Donald Trump is a threat to society. And so their entire tent, intent in life is to try to show that to the American people. But instead of just presenting facts and letting people decide, they have to tell you over and over and over again what to think. And it's so annoying. You know, like you watch it and, and instead of just being real, you know, because if you had to believe the news media last night, Joe Biden didn't make any insults. He never interrupted. He just stood there and took it. That's not what happened. I would 100% say that, you know, Donald Trump was on the offense and he was very much the one who was interrupting, <coughs> excuse me, most of the time. But I would also say that there were some moments for Joe Biden that were a big deal. Like, take the whole controversy over the white supremacy comment. Okay, the entire exchange, the question from Chris Wallace was, President Trump, back in 2017, I believe, you know, you made some comments after the Charlottesville massacre where they asked you about, you know, white supremacists, and you said there's some good people on both sides. Now, I will tell you that if you watch the totality of what he said in 2017, he didn't quite say, and again, this is my point, he didn't quite say what they said he said. But what they told you was is that he refused to condemn white supremacists. And that's just not what happened in 2017. He did say there are good people on both sides. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that President Trump sometimes does have a hard time condemning groups that he should condemn, you know. So anyways, he gets this question last night. And he says, do you still think that it's okay for... Do you want to come out in and condemn white supremacists? And he says, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. I will. He did. So that's what he said he did. Then they press him. Do you have a specific group? So then he says to Joe Biden, well, you know, I want to, uh, you know, I'm happy to do that and I will do that. But Joe, don't you think you should condemn Antifa? which is the, the group that is a big part of what's going on in Portland. And they're terrorizing that community in violence. And it seems like nobody on the left is going to condemn them for basically terrorizing people and actually a lot of people who actually agree with them. You know, Joe refused to condemn them. So then they, he says, so then Joe brings up um, this group that, and I'm not even going to give them indignity because they're a white supremacist group, and says, like, you mean like these boys? Well, he doesn't, President Trump doesn't condemn those, them. Now, he says today that he doesn't know who they are. I really don't know whether he knows who they are or not. But the fact is, the only thing that got reported on the media was President Trump refused to condemn white supremacists. That's not the exchange that happened. Yeah. I, I don't you know, care for President Trump and I'm not voting for President Trump. But that's not the exchange that happened. Same thing with coronavirus. If you were to watch MSNBC or CNN or even The View, you would believe that somehow Trump had a syringe injecting everybody with the coronavirus and that he's done nothing to try to solve the issue of coronavirus. Same thing in the debate, you know, he, you know, there, there are some legitimate criticisms of President Trump. Me personally, I think he's been very inconsistent. I think one day he tells people to wear masks, the next day he says he doesn't want them to. One day he says they're going to stay locked down till he need to, the next day he's like, we got to get the country open. And I think that that has not been the leadership we needed. You know, I'm not, I'm not even worried about that. One day he says everybody's going to be able to get tested immediately. And then the next day it's like, you know, we don't need to test that many people. You know, so one day he says, you know, try, you know, hydrochloroquine for a 
you something. The next day, he talks about, you know, random drink bleach moments, you know. And those are crazy. I'm not saying that they shouldn't report that. But to say that President Trump is responsible for 200,000 deaths when you are supposed to be the truth, the media, that's simply not true. That's simply not true. And the reason I would say that is, guess what? Our death rate is the same as everywhere else in in the world. The death rate for coronavirus is a little bit under 1%. We are not over 1%. We're, we are right along with the death rate around the world. So this idea that somehow we killed more people, I do think we were not ready, and I do think the testing is a legitimate thing to, to criticize him on. But to simply say that he is responsible for killing everybody, which is what they don't just suggest, they suggest that over and over and over again, that's irresponsible media. Yeah. you know. And if they really care about people, then they have to understand that people don't know who to believe. You know, there's just so much that goes on in the media that's just been awful. Like, I, you know, I was telling you I was listening to a podcast, and um, the person who was doing the podcast was interviewing a, an investigative reporter who's actually won a Pulitzer Prize, which is a very, like, it's the biggest thing you can win as a journalist, for some really important um, journalism. And he is not a Trump supporter, Although he wouldn't say who he supports, but he's not a fan of Trump. You can just tell. And, but he also was really clear that the story about Russia, about, you know, him being, about Trump being a Russian agent, he basically said that he knew immediately it wasn't true. That just there were so many things about it that were just so laughable that it, it just, that what they did, they spied on Trump's campaign on basically completely false information. And they did. It's been proven right. That's not getting reported now because they don't report anything that makes Trump look better. And if they do report it, they try to find a way to discredit it. You know, but he, so because he expressed, hey, this Russia thing is, it's just not true. I'm sorry. You know, I don't like Trump any more than you do, but this particular thing is not true. He is no longer, he used to be weekly on Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and all of those things. He's friends with all of them. And he has been banned from NBC. He's on a banned reporter list because he would dare say anything that would look remotely positive to President Trump. Wow. You know, and here's what I, my problems are with it. If we do not have an unbiased media. I'm not saying we can't have opinion journalists. I'm saying that if you are an opinion journalist, say so. Sean Hannity, he's an opinion, he's an op-ed journalist. You know on Fox that Sean Hannity is not there to just give you the news. He's there to give you the news and he's there to help you interpret the news for you. But he says it, you know. When you're watching Brett Baer on Fox, Brett Baer, he reports the news. And, you know, he he he's his job is to report the news and to let you decide what to think about it and i'm just worried you know this election you know they've told people that trump is going to tamper with the mail ballots they've told people that trump is trying to suppress the vote and i'm not saying i don't know either way but how can you trust anything the media says when they simply over and over again fail to provide all of the information you know, like like I said, you know, watching the debate. You know, I watched four different four different networks, and all of them had different takes. You know, the ones that were very anti-Trump, the he could he did nothing right. He just disgraced. The ones that were you know more balanced, they did not. You know, they they saw problems in how both of them performed, and. I can understand if people believe those things, but it's important that we have media who actually, you know, report stuff to us, you know. Yeah. So, you know, as you've had, you know, I've forced you to watch a fair amount of news and keep up with some of that stuff, you know. Would you say that you feel that the media is for Trump, against Trump, or has no opinion? Um, I would say, like, sort of, like, split. I, 
like some are for Trump and the others are. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say it. It's hard to find. You know, I mean, I think Fox. You find here and there people that are for Trump. You know, um, I think that you know on CNN and on MSNBC, it's hard pressed to find you know somebody who's a pro-Trump person. You know. And even the ones that they do, or even like the show like The View, you know, which is not a journalistic show, but they, they do have a lot of, they do talk about a lot of political topics, you know. You know, if you, if, if you are, you know, I would say that in general they have usually three if not four of the ladies who are very liberal and therefore for the most part, are anti-Trump. Yeah. And then you have Megan McCain, who is the conservative on the show. And, you know, she is absolutely, you know, they, you, liberal people who watch the show just hate her. You know, or they don't, they like her personally, but they they don't want her to speak. And it's just kind of, again, to me, shows what, you know, type of bias we have in the media. Because the reality is, is that if you want people, you know, I would say that, like I was talking about with the coronavirus, that if you are, you don't have a media who isn't trying to convince you that everything is Trump's fault every time, then you might be much more willing to listen to what they have to say about, you know, precautions and what is going on, you know. Or if you don't have the media who's trying to tell you that the protests you're watching on television in which they're beating people to death is not really what you're seeing, you know, then you might believe them when they have stuff to tell you about why that stuff is happening. You know, the protests, you know, my favorite thing was this guy, they're interviewing this reporter on the scene, I think it was either in Chicago or Portland, and he's standing there reporting things are burning down behind him okay burning down behind them and they're like blah blah how what is your what is the stuff on the scene that you see tonight he's like mainly peaceful protests (laughs) there's buildings burning down behind him and he's like it's been a night of mainly peaceful protests you know and it's just like all i can say is Trump does some stupid stuff, you know, and he he does lie. He just does. But how can you expect people who who need the media to be honest with them if 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 they don't if the, if they be as biased as they are, then people don't see the difference between them and Trump. And I don't think they get that. You know, when I watch, you know, CNN, there's maybe one one person on there that I find myself going, mm, I kind of agree with. I'll tell you who that is. It's Van Jones. He's this African-American dude. And, you know, I don't agree with a lot that he says, but I've seen him be, you know, real at times in ways that others have not. It's the only one. You know, everybody else, I roll my eyes and change the channel. You know? And so Amos NBC, I haven't even been able to go on because it's just so... They just go on and on and on and on and on. Like last night, in the middle of the debate, Mika Brzezinski, who is a part of Morning Joe, she tweets, she tweets, Joe Biden is doing so good tonight. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I saw nobody who really was real about the debate who thought either of them were that great. Yeah. You know? I think if, 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 if by the fact that Joe Biden didn't fall asleep in the 90 minutes, which, by the way, I didn't think he would, but, you know, the, the narrative by Trump and others is that, you know, he's sleepy Joe and that he couldn't make it 90 minutes. So the fact is that all he had to do was really make it through 90 minutes and everybody was going to say a success. But, in fact, he was a part of the chaos. He was talking over, they were arguing back and forth. Trump was goading him and he was trying to goad Trump. And the fact is, she's like, what a great night he's having. And I literally commented back, what debates are you watching? Yeah. You know, because can I go over to that one? Because I'm really sick of this one, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, these are the things that are important. And I think that the, I- the e- ideas around media are really talking and, and pointing out important things. We are losing who we are as a country right now. You know, for a lot of different reasons, for a lot of different situations, 
But, you know, we are losing our country right now because we are stuck in a situation where we just aren't holding people to account, whether that's our president, whether that's our media, whether that is our Congress, whether that is our Senate. We aren't saying to them, hey, look, guys, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. This is what we need from you. We need you to report facts fairly and honestly, and we need you to be real about what's going on. Because otherwise, if we do not have a media that is honoring who we are and that is giving us the truth and not trying to tell us what to think, but giving us all of the information, I think Americans have shown that we can figure things out. And I think that we do less well. I would argue that that crap that they do is part of how we got Trump. If they had not spent all of 2016 telling us that Trump voters were dumb idiots and that and, and instead went out and listened to the people and saw what they were upset about and saw why somebody like a Trump really appealed to them, then they might have seen that he might have had a chance to win and they might have been able to, you know, report and get out there and give useful information. You know, good journalism, or when the Russia story came up, good journalism should have told them that that story had flaws in it. You know, basically in the Russia story, that the things that they used to spy, it has come out that those things were false. You know, and not just by, you know, people who want to prove Trump innocent. It, you know, but you don't hear that reported because reporting that would give Trump a victory and they can't do that. And the idea that we have a media who is trying to decide what we should get to know about is scary. Because frankly, that is exactly how, you know, disinformation, that's how they often talk about how Trump acts is how like fascist countries act and like Hitler and all that. I would say that media that doesn't just report things and that decides what we should get to know and what we don't get to know, that's how those, that comes from regimes like Hitler and stuff. And I think until they decide, hey, we need to do things differently, it's going to be a rough path. And the sad part is, is that the people who lose in that situation are us as the American people. Because we deserve the Peter Jennings and the Tom Brokaws and the Dan Rathers of the world who were able to help us know what was going on and give us a way of knowing, you know, what's going on in politics, what's going on in the world, and what we need to be doing. Today on Mama's Musings, I I really want to talk about what it means to value your relationships in life. And I I guess I'm really thinking about this more because in this time of really political unrest and just a general anxiety and weariness of the country, I think that relationships have started to to be strained. You know, I see people who are always friends um, basically saying that they can't be friends anymore because of who they support politically on on Twitter the last week I saw this person post something that said you know what I may be divorced in a month and a half because if my husband votes for Trump I'm divorcing him and I imagine myself thinking I can't imagine divorcing my husband simply because he supported somebody that I didn't agree with, you know. I understand that Trump is a lightning rod and that there are many people feel that he has stoked all this anxiety. And I think, you know, we've had a terrible year with the pandemic and the economic downturn and the school closures and the work closures and everything going on. Everybody just kind of really feels just like beaten up over the side of the head over and over and over again. But I would I would submit to you that It's those relationships we have that really are going to make the difference, you know. And I would also say that, you know, I think about Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln, you know, if you haven't read up about him, you know, in his cabinet and in his administration, he enlisted people who didn't agree with him. He enlisted people that were his rivals. 
And in fact, he called them his team of rivals because he believed that if all you ever do is talk to people that, you know, tell you yes and you're brilliant, that really lots of important things don't get looked at. And whether that in our current society is looking at racial justice or looking at the coronavirus or looking at the Supreme Court or looking at how we handle the various many things that are going on in our society, you know, we need all voices at the table because we need solutions or whether it's climate change, we need the voices at the table so that we can all move forward together and realize that we are all in this together. And it scares me when I hear people saying, I got rid of 50 friends today because they were Trump supporters, or I can't be friends with liberals anymore because they support, you know, this person, or, you know, even, you know, the notorious RBG that, you know, that, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg who passed away, you know, as, as sad as it was, she lived such a full life and she set such a beautiful example with her friendship with Antonin Scalia. You know, Scalia was the most conservative justice. You know, he wrote the most scathing opinions if you were a liberal, you just hated him. And the fact is, is that they were best friends. You had one of the most liberal justices on the court, best friends with one of the most conservative justices on the court. Yet when they wrote opinions, they were scathing towards one another. But when those moments were over, they loved opera and they loved food and their families loved each other. And I think that's a lesson for us, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how we get through this is that we realize that I'm human and you're human and we all have areas in which we need to learn and grow. And as long as we celebrate our humanity instead of the areas, our failings, then I think we have a way that we can move forward. So I would just encourage you, you know, don't fall victim to the idea that you have to get rid of somebody because they support Biden or they support Trump or because they believe in masks or because they don't. You know, at the end of the day, we just, we're all people. We're all just working, raising our kids, trying to do the right things, trying to be good people, and we're trying to figure it all out. And if we just try to remember that, you know what, that person you don't agree with, take time to have that conversation or not. Don't if that's going to damage the relationship. But just remember that long after Donald Trump is gone, those relationships are the ones that are going to matter. You know, learn to love and care for people and just have a measure of grace because at the end of the day, you know, when we do that, when we see each other as humans, then that's what it means to me to be an American, that I may not agree with you. I may really hate some of the things you believe, but at the end of the day, I have enough respect for you to realize that you're a human and so am I. Good evening. God bless. Today on PJ's Pay It Forward, I know I usually say, like, for you to vote or, like, keep safe from the coronavirus, but today I'm going to tell you that you should cover your nose when you wear a mask, because when you don't, it is not safe and it doesn't help anybody. Thank you.